What is up everyone? It is Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be talking about some second year running backs and just more specifically, whether I would be buying or selling them at their current price, or, you know, maybe kind of playing the middle on a few of these guys thinking the price is okay, but I'm not necessarily going to be all over it. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on these players down below in the comment section. If you agree, let me know. If you disagree, I also want to hear it. And if you uh, enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But let's jump into probably the most notable second year running back. It's going to be Brees Hall. Right now, he is going off the board as the running back 10. That is a uh, early third round pick. And for me, this is going to be a very, very strong buy. Brees Hall is actually my RB6 overall. So getting him as the RB10, I think is great, great value. And also just in terms of like positionally, he's got a lot of these wide receivers going ahead of him. If you are getting third round Brees Hall, I mean, I feel like your team is going to be absolutely stacked, um, you know, out of the gate here. I think a fully healthy Brees Hall without the ACL tear is probably being drafted in like that Bijan Robinson range, somewhere in like the RB2, RB3 area. I feel like he'd probably just be firmly behind uh, Christian McCaffrey. So you're kind of getting the discount from the injury and I'm willing to buy in here. All the reports about his return have been very positive. The recovery seems like it's been going very well. No setbacks, you know, at least to this point. And if we look at Brees Hall's three-game sample size as the starter, I mean, the dude was balling out. Averaged 21.2 PPR points per game. This offense gets a massive upgrade with Aaron Rodgers coming in. And so I think Brees Hall is a player who might start slow, you know, working his way back. Maybe they don't give him that full workhorse workload early on. But I bet you he's given you high-end RB1 production, probably like the last... 60% of the season, right? Like the last three fifths of the season, I feel like that's when he can really start to be unleashed and really just dominate, especially at this RB10 price tag. Back end RB1 for Brees Hall, I absolutely love the value there. So he is a very strong buy. Now the next running back is going to be Kenneth Walker. He's going off the board as the running back 15, a uh, late fourth round pick. And if you've been, uh, you know, kind of following my channel, you probably know I'm going with a sell here for Kenneth Walker. I talked pretty in depth about him as a guy in my do not draft video. So if you want like the full breakdown, go check that one out. But basically, like long story short, I just feel like his ADP didn't fall enough after the draft. I feel like if we're looking at Kenneth Walker's ceiling, you know, without a Zach Charbonnet injury, I feel like he's kind of capped to like an early down grinder role who's going to be splitting carries. And then I feel like the receiving work is just not going to be there. It wasn't super strong last season. And now the Seahawks go out, draft a guy who is a very strong pass catcher. I just feel like the receiving work is pretty much toast. And so I feel like you're heading into this backfield kind of hoping for like a 65-35 carry split. And I think like on a positive situation here, Walker maintains the goal line work. I also just don't think that's a guarantee. It's not like Charbonnet is a super small satellite back. This is a big dude. Um, He's probably going to be bigger than Kenneth Walker in that backfield. So if he loses that work, I mean, this is not going to be good. You're spending a fourth round pick on Kenneth Walker, which is premium draft capital here for fantasy. I also think the Seahawks could end up being more pass heavy. They added JSN at the wide receiver position. And then, like I mentioned, Charbonnet can catch passes. So even though they did draft a second running back, you know, he could fit an offense that is more pass heavy here in 2023. So I feel like even when we're looking on the positive side for Kenneth Walker, I still don't like this RB15 price tag, especially in the fourth round. So he is going to be a pretty strong sell for me here. Now, the next second year running back is going to be Damian Pierce. He's going off the board as the running back 20 in early sixth round. 
and I'm kind of going to play the fence on this one. I think the price is fine, not necessarily like buying him super heavy, and I'm not really fading him at this price either. I just think it's kind of fair overall. I think Damian Pierce definitely has the opportunity to take on a big workload this season, and if he can get that workload, he's definitely going to outperform this ADP. But I could also see a situation where he's kind of falling into a committee here with the Texans. And then obviously he's probably not going to be paying off um, as the RB20 in a committee on this offense. That's probably not going to be great. Like my personal opinion on Damian Pierce is I think he's a very talented back. We saw it last season, 13 games, rushed for 939 yards, caught 30 passes for 165 yards, and then scored five total touchdowns. Those are impressive numbers, especially on that Texans offense that was just really, really rough. And I think it's even more impressive when you kind of compare his rushing efficiency to uh, some of the other running backs on the roster. So Pierce averaged 4.3 yards per carry, which is like fine. It's not like a crazy number, but uh, Dare averaged 2.9 yards per carry. Freeman was at 2.9 also, and then Burkhead was at 3.1. Now, obviously, he wasn't competing with studs in that backfield, but still, just averaging 1.2 yards per carry more than the next highest guy, and obviously, his sample size was much, much higher there, so you know, you're know you kind of getting a uh, more reasonable expectation there. So I think he came in, he made the most of a tough offensive situation. Now, if we're going to flip the script here and kind of look more on the negative side, the negative potential outcome here for Damian Pierce... We've seen year after year, NFL teams just have pretty much zero loyalty when it comes to these late round running backs. Damian Pierce was a day three pick. You could argue like he was very early fourth round, but still day three, the track record is just not great. Look at a guy like Tyler Algier, has a great rookie season. What do they do? They go out, replace him. You know, even though they got him at a bargain, they're still going out there drafting Bijan Robinson. We saw it with Elijah Mitchell. Not only did they bring in Christian McCaffrey, but they also drafted a, a third round running back in Ty Davis Price. It really didn't work out for him, but they were still kind of looking for another guy to bring into that backfield. James Robinson, a couple years ago, he has a great rookie season, undrafted, cheap contract. They still go out and uh, bring in Travis Etienne. And I also think there's even less loyalty to these running backs when it's a new coaching staff, a new regime kind of coming in here. It's possible that this new coaching staff is just not as high on Pierce as the last one. Maybe they're a little lower on him. And this could kind of turn into a committee here with Devin Singletary, who they've brought in in the offseason. Now, I don't think Devin Singletary is like a world beater by any means. I really don't think he's all that great. I would like to think that Damian Pierce would outperform him, but Devin Singletary is significantly better than every other running back that was on the depth chart last year. Like I went through the guys in the yards per carries, like Dare Ungumbawale, Royce Freeman, Rex Burkhead. Like these guys are not studs, especially at this point in their career. So Devin Singletary is much better than those options. I still think Pierce can break out, but there's clear kind of upside and just room for him to bust here. So I think it's a fair price, not overly in, not overly out. Now, the next running back is going to be Isaiah Pacheco going off the board as the running back 23. And he's kind of going at that round six, round seven turn. I think this price is fine. I'm going to lean slightly towards a sell if I had to pick a side, just because I think there are other solid running backs, guys like Cam Akers, James Conner, Alexander Madison. I like those options and they're all currently like cheaper going after Isaiah Pacheco, and I kind of have them all in the same like overall kind of ADP tier. So just the fact that there's cheaper options, I would slightly lean sell, but I still think he could pay off. Pacheco is another one of these late round guys, which like I talked about uh, with Damian Pierce is a little bit concerning, 
but it's also the same coaching staff here for the Chiefs, and it's also pretty much the uh, exact same running back room where he saw a lot of success towards the end of uh, the regular season last year. So I'm a little bit less concerned than I would be for a guy like Damian Pierce in terms of like losing his role completely. We saw Isaiah Pacheco take over a really solid workload in the last nine games of the 2022 season. He averaged 14 carries per game and then uh, 11.7 PPR points per game. He's pretty much going to be getting all his production on the ground. He was basically a, a zero in the receiving game last year. Jarek McKinnon kind of filled that role, and he's coming back here in 2023, so I don't really see like Pacheco eating into uh, McKinnon's receiving workload. But when we're looking at kind of Pacheco here and the run-heavy role he had last year, I really feel like his fantasy production is just going to come down to touchdowns. Right On this offense, he could go out, score 10-plus touchdowns, We saw last year in his nine games as a starter, he's gotten to the end zone four times. Um, Over that same stretch of the last six games, McKinnon scored nine touchdowns, but eight of those were through the air. So it's not exactly like McKinnon was like vulturing these goal line touchdowns um, from Isaiah Pacheco. The reason why I mentioned the touchdowns is just these guys that don't catch passes, they're just become so, so reliant on those touchdowns to get those points because you can have a great overall game, right? Say you carry the ball 16 times, For 80 yards, you're going five yards per carry, but you catch one pass for 10 yards and you don't score a touchdown. Like, even though that's a solid overall, like real life football game, that's just not going to be getting it done for fantasy football. That's like 10 PPR points, which is not great, especially for a guy you're drafting as a top 24 running back. So we look at his point per game number from last year in the games where he was kind of like that guy getting that workload. 11.7 points per game. I think if you draft him here and you get that again, you're probably feeling disappointed. So I'd rather take the swing on guys like James Conner or uh, Alexander Madison, who could have much larger workloads. But if you like him here, you think he can uh, capitalize on this high-scoring Chiefs offense. I don't totally hate it. Now, the uh, next second-year running back, Rashad White, running back 25 going in round seven. I think this is a fair price, not leaning super heavy buy or sell. I think if the Bucks make no changes to the running back room and this ADP sticks, I think he'll be a really strong buy. But I also just feel like the Bucks are probably not done at the running back position. I could see them going out, bringing in like an early down grinder. I know they just cut Leonard Fournette. I could see them bringing in a guy like Zeke in. You know, maybe they look at like a Kareem Hunt option. I don't really know what player they're going to bring in. Maybe those guys want to be on a win now rosters. So I think like that would kind of cut into his workload and would hurt him at this ADP. But if no moves are made here in this Bucks wide receiver room, Rashad White could be lined up for a, a three down role in this offense. We know he can catch passes, very solid in that role. That's kind of what he was uh, known for coming out of college. And just looking at the rest of this uh, Bucks depth chart, right now the running back two is Chase Edmonds, who was you know overall pretty terrible last season. I believe he was traded and then like fell out of the rotation on his uh, second team. Keyshawn Vaughn is the running back three and has just been a complete non-factor in his first few seasons. With a new offensive coaching staff coming in, I really wouldn't be shocked if he was released. So like this is not a super stacked running back room behind Rashad White. So if he is able to hold off competition here, I think he will be a nice payoff at this price. But I will imagine like if we're getting closer to the season and nothing happens, maybe his ADP starts to rise and we'll reevaluate. But if we get to like, you know, a week out from the season and he's chilling here on this depth chart, I do think this will be a uh, price I'd have to buy him at. Now, the next running back is going to be James Cook. We've got one more guy after Cook. James Cook going off the board as the running back 30, a round eight pick. 
I think this is a fair price. I think he's another one of these guys where you can see the upside play. And then you could also kind of just see this not working out. Like I could see a world where James Cook is leading this backfield. He's their RB1 on a top tier NFL offense, which would easily have him outperforming this RB30 ADP. On the other side, I could also see a situation here where this is a strong committee between James Cook and Damian Harris. You got Damian Harris taking a lot of the early down work, probably the red zone goal line. And then you see James Cook filtering in on some carries, getting all the receiving work, which probably would not be great for either of these running backs. Maybe it would be better for Damian Harris just because he's the uh, cheaper guy at this point. I've kind of seen a narrative going around that the Bills offense is just a bad offense for running backs. I don't know if that's completely uh, untrue, but I also just feel like they haven't had a ton of stud running backs, right? Like they've had some all right guys, Devin Singletary are throwing them out there like a Zach Moss. It's not like they've had these stud running backs and they just haven't been able to produce. I think if they had a guy who stood out, maybe they could give you some solid production in this offense. So I think the opportunity is definitely going to be there for James Cook. I just kind of wonder if he's maybe just not that great, right? I don't think we know that for sure, but you would have liked to see him do a little bit more as a rookie. He didn't have a ton of competition, like I mentioned, and he still only managed to average 5.4 carries per game and 1.9 targets. I feel like this is kind of a pick where at the end of the season, it's either going to look great or it's going to look really tough because he's just kind of fallen into a gross situation. Now, my final second year running back is going to be Brian Robinson. Obviously, there are a few more guys who may be slightly fantasy relevant, like a Tyler Algier as a handcuff, but these are really the guys that I think we're kind of going to focus in on here. So Brian Robinson, the RB34, a round nine pick. For me, this is going to be a sell. I just feel like Brian Robinson has zero upside here. And at this ADP, I do think there are going to be some slightly better options. Last season, Brian Robinson averaged 17 carries per game and didn't manage to break 10 PPR points per game. Like that's honestly tough. That's a really, really strong workload on the ground. And to not hit that 10 point per game number, not great. The receiving upside is just not there. In 12 games, he was only targeted 12 times, so averaging one target a game. Now, he was unlucky in the touchdown department, only three TDs in 12 games, but it's not like this commander's offense is going to be some superpower, like high-scoring unit. So maybe over a full season, he's scoring seven, eight, nine touchdowns, but I don't think it's going to like vault him into really solid fantasy production. And this is kind of like the positive end where he maintains that 17 carry per game workload. Like I don't really see much improvement on that, but I do see a spot where this just kind of turns into a really gross committee where we don't want to be playing any of these guys. So even if he keeps that same role, I don't really like it. He probably would pay off at this ADP, but it's not like he's going to win you your league. And you're probably just going to be getting like high-end running back three production, which really isn't going to be a difference maker in your lineup. I'd much rather take a swing on a guy like Devin A-Chain or even honestly wait around on a guy like Damian Harris, who I kind of mentioned with James Cook, who could play a similar role as like an early down grinder, but going to be on a better offense with more touchdown upside. So that's kind of why I'm out here on B-Rob. Like if you want a super safe guy who's just going to give you RB3 production, I think he's fine. For me, I'd want to be shooting for some upside or just kind of waiting, taking a handcuff or one of these other options. So those are going to be my uh, takes on these second year running backs. Overall, I think we have some interesting options. We've got like a clear top guy in Brees Hall. And then a lot of guys where I think their situations could go, you know, in a few different directions. Damian Pierce, Pacheco, Rashad White, James Cook. Like I think those guys are all in very interesting situations where we could see them take a jump in their offense. 
or just kind of fall into a committee and probably be, you know, not super fantasy relevant heading into next season. But that's going to wrap it up for this one. Thank you all for stopping by. Uh, In a couple days, I'm going to be going through my second year wide receivers. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all again, and I will see you in the next one.